The number 106 should stand out to you, not because it's the perfect blood sugar number overall, but rather it's the perfect blood sugar number to fix your blood sugars. Now, I'm going to give you specific examples as to why 106 is my exact target for blood sugar management, but more importantly, the mindset behind it and how you can yield consistent progress looking at more stable blood sugars and managing this beast of a disease. If you don't know who I am, my name is Matt Vandevecht. I am a certified master fitness trainer and nutritionist here to talk to you about my journey with type one diabetes and share some tips and tricks that I hope you'll find helpful. So uh, without any further ado, we'll jump into our theme song and then I got a special story for you that I think you'll appreciate. Let's get to it. I've spent the last 10 years pushing the limits while identifying trends and patterns in my type 1 diabetes management. Follow along as I learn, apply, and share the fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle strategies that I've learned from diabetes experts around the world. The real question is, how can we live fearlessly with diabetes while maintaining stable blood sugars? This podcast is here to give you the answer. My name is Matt Vandevecht, head coach and co-founder of FTF Warrior, and welcome to Part of My Pancreas. Right now, I am training for a triathlon sprint. So every day, every week, I am trying to break personal records of mine as I prepare for this enormous shift in my own personal fitness journey. Uh, I've always been in decent shape, but this is forcing me past many of my comfort zones. And in a recent workout, uh, I had challenged myself that I was going to complete 100 push-ups. Now, I have not been able to do that in one go <laughs> ever. <laughs> and so I said, you know what, I'm going to break it up. And so I went to my first set. I did 20 push-ups, felt pretty good. It was challenging, but I made it and said, you know what, I'll just do five sets of 20. Right, and bear with me, this does have something to do with the blood sugar number I mentioned. Uh, now I got through set two of 20, set three, now I'm at 60. I go for set four, I'm like, this is awesome. I'm gonna do it. Five sets of 20, I'll hit 100, and then uh, we'll, that was the second half of my workout, but then I'll be done, right? I, I made that deal with myself. Once you hit 100, you're done. Uh, I got to my last set of 20, and right around 10, <laughs> I started thinking to myself, I don't know if I'm going to make it. This is really difficult. My muscles are at their their wits end, right? Uh, so I get to 12, 13, 14. I'm like, my arms are shaking. My body is like spasming, right? It's just, it's not going to happen. And so I get to 15, I collapse. I hit the ground. Dang, right? Didn't get to 100. So I made a mental note said, you know what? You didn't get your fifth set of 20. The deal that you made with yourself was hit 100, you get to be done. And being five short, any normal person would have been like, all right, five more and we're done because 100 was the goal. But see, I made a promise to myself. And that promise was I'm going to hit 100 through five sets of 20. I got so close, right? I got to 95, you know, the 15 of the last set, and I quit. And see, the issue is that I have a problem with quitters. And that includes me quitting any goal or promise that I make to myself as well. So instead of doing the five extra, I said, you know what, we got to add some more. That's going to be the punishment here because I want to be able to complete this next time. Anytime that I break a promise to myself, I essentially punish myself to make it more likely that the next time I try to achieve that goal, I will be able to. This applies in many areas of life, but specifically in fitness, this is very helpful, right? If you can't do 10, do eight plus four. 
Well, now you did 12. So next time, maybe you'll be able to do 10 straight, right? So because I got to 95, I cut myself early. I quit at 15 on that last set, right? Instead of doing the 20, I said, you know what? You're going to double up the amount that you were missing. So at my, my last set now, sitting at 95, instead of just doing five, I'm doing 10. You have to do 10. You have to go above and beyond because you broke your promise to yourself. That's what I'm telling myself, right? I get to 100, and I think in that moment, well, I mean, I could stop now, right? I'd be done. Boom. Catch that thought immediately. I want to stop that in its tracks. That is complacency at its finest. Ah, oh, you did your best, right? No, wrong. My goal is to build strength, not just to maintain and, and be okay with where I'm at, because I'm not. I believe in this, uh, this principle called Kanai, or constant and never-ending improvement. So instead of stopping at 100, where I had that thought, oh, you made it. You could totally just stop here and quit, right? You, you technically crossed off your goal. And that word has gotten me into so much trouble in the past. Technically, I finished this, right? Can't settle for that. So instead, I get to 100. I have that thought. And you know what? Oh, man, now I got to add more. <laughs> and so the five that I had added on initially, which would have put me at 105, I get to that marker and go, oh, that was so difficult. And because I had that thought of maybe I'll just quit early, I tacked on another one. So we end the push-ups at 106. Now you know the journey that I walked through. It was four sets of 20. Last set, I gave up early. My body technically gave up, but I want to be stronger. I'm not going to settle, right? So I do more. I go above and beyond. So for that last set, I doubled down. Instead of just doing five, I did 10. And because I questioned myself and said, ah, technically you made it. And I felt that inner weakness creeping up. Oh, just be complacent. You're fine, right? Nope, one more. I want to squash that inner weakness, that voice that tells you you're doing good enough. Just, just let it sit, right? You've worked hard enough today. I'm not here for participation trophies. I am here to win. And as a result, I need to put in the extra work when it is required. And when I have that inner voice telling me, you're doing good enough. I mean, who really cares if you, nope, squash it. I tell you, I punish myself intentionally to make myself stronger, more resilient than I would be otherwise. Same thing is true of my runs. I hate running. This whole triathlon training thing, huge challenge. I really don't like it. My knees also don't like it. <laughs> and so when I'm out running and I'm, you know, two, three, four miles in and I'm going, man, I could just walk, you know, like nobody's going to know. The distance is the same. I'll walk for like four steps. Just get a quick breather and then I'll start running again. What do you think I do? Punish myself. <laughs> Say, up, oh, Matt, there's that weakness sneaking up inside of you again. No complacency. You're going to run further now. And that's what I do. That's how I build strength, resilience, how I overcome challenges, right? Same thing can be said about diabetes, and I'll get to that in just a moment. But this number 106 stands out to me recently as a, a way of thinking, as a way of overcoming. And so many of us with diabetes have overcome great things. And we might not even recognize it, right? Uh, there's great uh, thought, actually a book behind me, if you can see right there, it's called uh, Over... No. The obstacle is the way. There you go. <laughs> Stop for a second. Obstacle is the way by Ryan Holiday. Talks about post-traumatic or post-adversarial growth and how important that is for us to recognize that when we go through hard things, we have a choice to make. We can get stronger, right? Which most of us do because with type one, 
what choice do you have, right? Uh, or you can choose to sit down, quit, and give up. And in our case, with type 1 diabetes, that's not an option because if you give up with type 1, you're done, right? Like that's the end. So because you're here with me, I can recognize that you have also grown post-adversarial growth post-traumatic growth, you've chosen to stand up and fight this disease, to become stronger, and to say, I am here to fight, to win, and to succeed. I'm not going to sit down and take this. I want quality of life. I want to thrive with my diabetes, right? So there's this inner uh, conversation, this inner monologue that I have with myself whenever I'm going through hard things. And, uh, you know, I don't always win. Sometimes in the past, I have quit. 95. Ah, five more. Ah, I'm not, I can't, right? But I've had to train myself. And this is an ongoing process. I do not like it. It is uncomfortable. It is not fun to get through an entire run. And because I walked for four steps, I have to go run an extra half mile. Now, am I doing this to myself? Yes, it is completely my choice. Nobody else is making me do this. But I think that's what makes it so powerful. As we look at our diabetes, it is our choice. Nobody else gets to say, you have to take your insulin, unless it's like your kid. <laughs> and then I guess you you can, to a certain degree, tell them you have to take your insulin. But we make those decisions ourselves. We have to take responsibility for our own disease. And if you have this mindset of, I will prevail, I will overcome these challenges, it is far more likely that you will overcome and excel versus overcome and survive right and this mindset has gotten me so much further in so many areas of my life if i have a thought of complacency i replace that with added challenge to make me stronger whether it's mentally physically relationally whatever it is if i notice that i want to give up that i want to justify that weak voice inside my head i add more simple as that so 106 to me represents overcoming adversity, overcoming that inner weakness voice in my head that says, oh, you, you're doing great. You should just stop trying and coast, right? And coasting is such a dangerous thing with diabetes. It leads into this complacency. And I'll tell you, this is something that I've, I've hinted at before, but complacency yields complacency, right? Restriction yields restriction. This is something that I have dealt with in the past where uh, when I notice blood sugar is not cooperating, one of my go-tos used to be, I'll just pull back on the, uh, the carbs, right? I just don't want to risk having blood sugars go all over the map. Oh, I'll just hold back. I'll restrict the exercise. You know, I don't know if I should be running multiple miles. I, maybe I shouldn't travel. Uh, traveling sounds like a dangerous thing for a type 1 diabetic, right? Restriction yields restriction. It continues. Pulling back and having a chicken salad at dinner one night oftentimes doesn't end there because it tells your brain, hey, I had the chicken salad and I was safe. It leads us into continuing that behavior. Now, not to say you can't have chicken salad anytime ever, right? Sure, why not? Have it, enjoy it. But there are circumstances where if you notice it's out of fear that we are trying to remove ourselves from a situation, or if it's out of that inner weakness in our heads saying, whoa, whoa that, that sounds hard. That sounds uncomfortable. Recognize that oftentimes growth is uncomfortable. 
And this is something that took me years to even recognize these thought patterns. But I was making excuses and justifying these behaviors of, well, I, I should stop running because what if I injure my knee, right? If I injure my knee, then I can't run tomorrow. So it makes sense to stop running today. No, I had to reassess, right? Is my knee actually injured? No, that's an excuse. Well, maybe I should stop running and, and check my blood sugars. Matt, you checked your blood sugars five minutes ago and they were fine. I think you should keep running, right? And these excuses continually pile up. When I was doing those push-ups, my arms were shaking. I can bet, right, there is that voice in my head coming back. Oh, maybe I'm shaking because it's a low blood sugar, right? No, keep going. You're fine, Matt. And of course, be safe. If you're actually not fine, you should listen to that, right? But the idea behind it is we have to really check ourselves to see, am I making an excuse because growth is uncomfortable? Am I justifying that weakness inside of me growing? Because the reality is, if you feed into the weakness, it will grow stronger. Whichever you feed is what grows. If you feed the warrior, and I wrote about this in our uh, April Renegade Warriors newsletter. If you feed the warrior, the warrior grows. If you feed the weakness, the weakness grows. If I were to continually give into that weakness when I was running, you know, just get a little four step walk, catch my breath. Next run, I can guarantee eight steps, catch my breath. The next run, maybe I walk a half mile. Who knows where it ends? Because complacency yields complacency. Excuses yield excuses. Restriction within diabetes management yields restriction. And I see this so often in these consultation calls that I do. People will say, oh, I, I just didn't want to risk the blood sugars going wacky when I was out with friends and family to dinner. So I had the salad. Oh man, the pasta looked so good, but I just couldn't do that. It was a, a busy day. I just, I couldn't handle the, the ups and downs, right? So I went with the safe route. Oh, you know, I, I just, I don't want to risk the lows that are associated with the exercise. So I stopped doing that uh, anytime it was unnecessary. Really, I just uh, walk the dogs now. Oh, when was the last time that you went out to dinner with family or friends? I mean, I think I went once last year. Whoa, right? We got to catch these red flags. When was the last time you actually got a good workout in and weren't obsessed over blood sugars? Oh, I, I stopped doing that like three years ago. Right? These are things that I've actually heard people say, and it saddens me because I used to be the same way. I used to pull back and restrict in every single aspect, saying no to family and friends. Hey, do you want to go out to dinner? I mean, it's, no, I'm okay, right? It's easier if I just stay home. And I wouldn't tell them the real reason, but the real reason was, man, I just don't know if it's worth the uncertainty, not knowing what my blood sugars are going to do. I'd just rather have some familiar food that I, I know is going to be okay and going to be safe. And before I knew it, that became my prison. That became my norm was saying no to family, to friends, to exercise, to events, to travel, saying no to life. And that's not a place you want to be in. It is depressing. So what I want to share with you today is that, yes, complacency yields complacency you will be lulled into complacency it's it's comfy right eating the same thing every day going to familiar foods familiar workouts familiar events because consistency does also yield consistency if you live the same day over and over and over again you're going to produce more consistent blood sugars but is there a quality of life in that 
Is that something that you're okay with living long-term the one life that you get spending it as a slave to diabetes imprisoned by the choices, by the restrictions that you set in place for yourself. That was a realization that I had to come to myself. I realized I had set up a prison in my own life, living the same day, the safe, same routines that I knew were gonna give me better chance at controlling my blood sugars. But the thing is, I still had rough days. I still had times where I didn't know why there was a high, where I still went low. And I was like, man, I could have just worked out anyways and still seen the low, but at least gotten the workout in. That prison is not a fun place to be where diabetes controls you instead of you controlling the diabetes, where diabetes owns your schedule. And you don't want to fall into that place because that is a difficult hole to climb back out of. I know from personal experience what that's like. And so what I wanted to encourage you is that just as complacency and restriction yield more of the same, so does progress, where if you begin to make progress, if you challenge yourself in small amounts and make progress, it compounds. You see that return back in the most empowering way. When I first started running for this triathlon training, I barely made it a half mile. And this is somebody who used to run. I met played sports my entire life. I was a collegiate athlete. I got to a half mile and I had to walk back home because a half mile was the halfway point. <laughs> and my knees couldn't handle it. My blood sugars were tanking. And I was like, what the heck is going on? I hate this, right? Next day, you know what I did? Well, it was a couple of days later because I couldn't walk. My knees were actually pretty jacked up. A couple of days later, went back out and said, you know what? Double it or nothing. I ran a full mile. I was fine. The next week, mile and a half. Ooh, we're getting more confident because progress yields progress. Confidence yields confidence. Sometimes you have to fake it in the beginning, but you will make that progress. Now I'm running 4.2 miles consistently. Uh, yesterday, I biked just over 12 miles. My first bike ride was also a half mile. That was a, a new experience for me. Uh, today, I think I swam a third of a mile. It was all fine but you have to start somewhere. So if you're here not knowing where to start, how to pull that momentum together, to build progress, the first step is to take the first step. All you gotta do is feel just an ounce of progress and your brain goes, hey, maybe there is hope. Maybe I can do this, right? Maybe it starts with not a giant mountainous bowl of pasta, but a single pasta noodle. Some of you laugh, but I'm serious. Maybe you grab a pasta noodle, you stick it in your mouth and go, ooh, that's delicious. And hey, my blood sugars didn't explode, <laughs> right? Now, obviously you want to be cautious as you're adding these variables in, but think to yourself, what small step can I take today? How can I break down this big goal like myself? I'm gonna go do a triathlon sprint. That's freaking crazy, right? But how can I break that up into daily to-dos to build progress because progress also yields progress? How can I challenge myself to reduce that inner weakness voice and strengthen the inner warrior voice? This is why I wear these shirts. If you guys are watching on YouTube, it says warrior. There's a reason for that. We've all got this warrior inside of us, right? But we also have this weakness and it's a constant battle for who's gonna get our attention that day. Who's getting fed? So you get to decide, you get to make that choice. 
Are you going to feed the weakness or are you going to feed the warrior? Who's going to get strengthened for the next day, for the next battle? And is going to be on your side or against your side, right? So uh, I wanted to kind of make sure I, I mentioned these last couple pieces for you guys. One is this new phrase that I've been living by, and I really like it. Um, do hard things. Do hard things. If if there's something in your life that's challenging, that's a blessing. Because if there is a way for me to grow stronger, it's going to be through adversity, through a challenge, through an obstacle. That's why that book's so great to you, by the way. And I'm not sponsored by it. I'm just, I really love the book. Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. If you do hard things, you'll have an easy life. Think about pre-bullising. Nobody wants to pre-bullis. I don't like it just as much as you, but I do it consistently. I will not miss my pre-bullis. And you know what? It yields amazing blood sugars. It works. Wouldn't you know it? I did something hard and it made life easier. But on the flip side of that, if you do easy things, you seek out the easy routes in life, you stop at 95 because eh, that's close enough to 100 push-ups, right? You have a hard life. You think about counting carbs, like what we have to do with diabetes, right? If you're not going to count your carbs, good freaking luck getting your insulin right. It's a shot in the dark. Probably not going to get it nine times out of 10. But so many people are okay with that. You know what? I want the easy choice now because I don't want to suffer in the prep for this. And I'll just deal with the consequences later as they arise. That's not the way that I want to live my life. I hope you don't either. But ultimately, I can't make that choice for you because you get to make the choices in your own life. All right. So today, more of a motivational talk than anything. But I also do want to leave you with this. 106 is one of my favorite blood sugar numbers. And it's not just because it represents overcoming adversity and challenging that inner weakness voice in my head, but also because 106 gives me a nice little buffer, right? Uh, yeah, yes, a, a non-diabetics fasting blood sugar is somewhere around 83. I'm not going to play around with that. I'm a very active person, right? So I like being at 106 because it gives me that buffer. Heck, I've got 30 points before I'm even worried about going low. But I'm also still at a really healthy blood sugar number that if I keep it around that number, which I typically do, I'm going to yield uh, an A1C of five and six, right? Somewhere in between there. It's pretty solid. I'm happy with that. Mid fives, high fives, high five. <laughs> if you get that A1C, I'm okay with that. And so 106, I like to think of it like this way. There's a buffer on both sides. There's a buffer if I go low or if I start to drop where I can catch it before it actually goes low. But there's also a buffer on the higher end as well. If I start to spike for whatever reason, shoot, I've got 70 points before I'm technically out of range, right? 74 points. So having those buffers is really helpful for diabetes. So if you made it this far in the episode, you got past all my uh, stop being weak and <laughs> challenge yourself kind of motivational talk, uh, which we do call hard motivation, by the way. Hard motivation is me telling you, hey, get up off your butt and do something with your life. Soft motivation is, hey, are you okay? Everything's going to work out. Let me know how I can help. They're both fine. They're both serve their purpose, right? But uh, I tend to fall more into the let's just fix this, right? Uh, kind of camp. But that's what I like to look at with blood sugars, right? Give myself a buffer on both sides so that I have the opportunity to see fluctuation and not freak out. 
but it also gives me fluctuation. I'm sorry, flexibility with quality of life. It gives me some opportunity there to jump off the couch and go for a run if I want to. Also gives me the opportunity to have a pasta noodle and not worry about it because instead of 106, I'll be 115. Big deal, right? <laughs> and so uh, that's where I, I see 106 coming in handy with blood sugar management specific to blood sugars, but also as an overall mindset of overcoming adversity. How can I become stronger through additional challenge if I notice I'm making excuses, trying to justify poor choices and leaning into that inner weakness? I need to challenge myself if I expect to grow. Growth is uncomfortable. So uh, an interesting episode for you guys today, but ultimately I want you to think about, you know, how you can set yourself up for success. Be intentional with the choices that you make, with where your energy and focus goes, because ultimately you have a pretty darn big hand in how your future turns out. I would even suggest you get to decide your reality, your future, and you get to choose what your quality of life looks like. Just depends on where you want to put your energy. All right. So uh, that's all I got for you guys today. A little different than normal. Next week, we'll probably be back into blood sugars. Maybe I'll share some uh, some food and training strategies with the triathlon. But uh, I really hope this was helpful. And uh, I hope that you found it encouraging. And uh, that's that's how I intend these is to challenge you to become a better version of yourself as I do for myself, as I encourage my clients to. This is the way. I watched The Mandalorian last night. <laughs> Anyways, that's all I got for you guys. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Find ways to grow, to challenge yourself, and recognize these growth opportunities as a benefit. Challenges are a good thing, right? It makes us stronger. Just like type 1 diabetes, we are all better and stronger as a result. Most people can't do what we do. They choose not to, and we get to have that challenge to force us into a stronger and better version of ourselves every single day. So uh, counts as a blessing. Let me know how I can help. Appreciate you guys. And uh, drop a, a comment below if you've got anything that you pulled from this episode. Would love to hear from you if you're on YouTube. And uh, do me a favor as well. If these kind of episodes are helpful, go ahead, drop a review. You know, Rate the podcast. Uh, would love to see some feedback from you guys to help me know what kind of content I should be creating and uh, share this episode with somebody that you care about if it would help them out as well. All right. That's the best way we can get these shows to grow uh, is to share with people who would benefit from the message who need to hear this just like you. All right. So uh, have a great rest of your day. I'll catch you guys next week. Keep up the fight.